this is going to kick off our first official episode of Better with Becky and Sammy, where we discuss topics like diets, fitness, relationships, what really is being like a woman, makeup, and our favorite, what's going on in our juicy lives. Hi, I'm Rebecca Reese, aka Becky Are Fit, and I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast, where things are just better with Becky and Sammy. I'm a senior at the University of Georgia studying dietetics in the Department of Food and Nutrition. And now I'm going to head over and give it to my co-host, and she can introduce herself a little bit more. Alrighty, thanks Becca, first of all, for having me um, first as your first guest and your co-host. Um, so I'm the second half of Better with Becky and Sammy, and I'm a fourth-year graduate PhD student at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Go Huskers! And I, my research mainly just focuses on genetics, but I've always, you know, really enjoyed fitness and living a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, thanks for being one of my co-hosts, Sam. Yeah, it's awesome. I also think that it's great that you have such a cool platform to open up the conversation and talk to other people with the same interests as us. Yeah, I've always loved podcasts, and I've had an interested involvement of fitness and nutrition now that I am in college, and I just, like, want to know what other people's views are on the same, or if we even have the same views on food and nutrition and diets and the fitness community. Oh, yeah, I feel the same. I really do enjoy talking about my interests, which, you know, one of them is fitness, and I listen to so many podcasts while I'm in lab that this is a great idea. So let's go ahead and tell a little bit about our fitness backgrounds, and since you're the host, why don't you go ahead and kick it off? So I've always been involved in sports, involved with like ice skating and volleyball and lacrosse and like weight training, now body training. So I've always had a keen like interest and love for sports. But the one question that I've always had is like diets and like, what should I be eating? And so that's what I'm majoring in college. Yeah, no, that is completely relatable. And um, as you know, being sisters, we had similar backgrounds starting off a really young age with figure skating. Um, for you, um, also, it was volleyball and lacrosse in, in high school, and now we're kind of both on our own personal fitness journeys, which isn't as routine as, like, a normal athlete would be. <laughs> All right, thanks, Sam. So, to break a little bit of ice here, as you know, this is our first podcast, I have a question for you. Are you a sweet or savory person? Oh, that's a great question. Uh well, I could talk about savory foods all day, but I would probably say that I'm a sweet person. Like, I do love, I love cookies, the soft ones. I love cake with the ice cream over pie. Um, and I don't know, I really do enjoy, like, tea. Sweet tea's great, coming from the South, you know. <laughs> How about you, Rebecca? Are you a savory or are you a sweet person? Well, we all know that I am spicy Becky from school, and my favorite quote is say, what do you mean hot Cheetos are not a nutrient? Cheetos is not a nutrient. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think that I'm a savory person over sweet, but I do have a sweet tooth here and there. Which one is your favorite? It's spicy. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> hey, I think spicy and savory and sweet, I think they all mix up. I mean, it's the same thing in your stomach, right? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it goes down the same mouth, comes out the same in. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this podcast is really going there. I like it. Dive in and talk about anything. No boundaries, no borders. Like, we well, are well, maybe a little bit of borders. But um, okay, so <laughs> speaking on the topic of food, um, well, what goes hand in hand with food and nutrition is stress. And how do you deal with stress in general? 
oh, how do I deal with stress? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, very poorly, and it just kind of builds up sometimes. You know, I know I'm not supposed to. It, you know, like you have, like, should I go to the gym? Should I go to work? Should I be studying? Do I want to cook tonight? All those questions that really it's, you know, stress, you deal a lot with that with food. I know from being me and you both from science backgrounds that we've taken pretty challenging courses like organic chem, biochemistry, you know, anatomy and phys. And I know that you've taken a lot of microbiology courses and they definitely like raise our stress levels. And do you have like a specific food that you crave as soon as the stress just hits? Oh my goodness, Chipotle. Like if I need to write a paper, I instead <laughs> of writing eating chipotle (laughs) it's definitely a stress coping mechanism that i've developed over the past couple years uh it could be healthy but on the other hand it might not be depending on your order how about you well (laughs) everyone knows me not to talk to me because when the stress hits i get a whole bag of hot cheetos and a white monster and i don't really crave a white monster or eat a whole bag just in the day-to-day but when stress hits like that is my meal. Like, vegetables go out the window. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. If vegetables were coated in the hot Cheeto dust, though, I, don't, I might eat more of them. <laughs> Truth, I might. <laughs> I definitely agree. Have you seen those TikToks where they coat, like, cheese and, like, hot Cheetos? I mean, it's, like, everywhere. No, I, I have not, but that sounds delicious. Like, fondue dip? Oh, man, yes. that sounds delicious. <laughs> but because this is a healthy fitness lifestyle podcast, how about yeah, we start true. talking about um, better uh, ways to deal with stress besides eating foods that's not necessarily the most nutritious for our bodies? I, okay, to bounce off of that, dealing with a background of like dietetics, like want to be a dietetics in school, they have told us to eat a pattern of 80% healthy, 20% fun foods, because I don't want your view of foods, or I don't want my clients in the future to view foods as a negative or a reward. I just want them to view food as like fuel to have a healthy relationship. So we say fun foods. And I think like if you stick to 80% healthy, no clean eating, 20% fun foods, as in hot Cheetos or like cakes and cookies 100% of the time, I think that it's normal to eat stress foods. And that instead of turning to stress foods, I think you should turn to other things, better coping mechanisms. But having a snack here and there when you're stressed, girl, it's fine. Treat yourself. Well, thank goodness, because I definitely do treat myself maybe sometimes too much. Uh, So I got a question with you, with your Mm -hmm. background. So Mm -hmm. how do you tell the difference between something that is more healthy or less healthy for your particular type of diet or your fitness goals that you're currently going for? What I like to tell my family and friends is to eat the color of the rainbow. That could pretend to like, okay, like, should I eat Skittles? No, 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 no. So the color of the rainbow, I necessarily don't track my macros, my micros, which are your vitamins, your fats, your carbs, your proteins. I just eat the color of the rainbow. So each color has different macro and micronutrients that you should need. And so you're saying that which is the difference between a healthy versus a non-healthy food. As in, you can look at the complex carbs versus how much sugar, how much protein, how much fat that each food has. And so I like to stick to eating to healthy lean proteins like some chicken, some ground turkey, and your vegetables. If you stick to that like whole foods, then you should be pretty good. It's where you get in a little bit of trouble is when you eat like chocolate and cake and cookies and chips. 
Yeah, that's really good advice. Um, sometimes it's hard when you're shopping or at the grocery store to figure out what is more healthy, more nutritious than others. Um, so I like to uh, bring up something that you mentioned just now. Um, is that you no longer track your macros. Mm-hmm. I personally also no longer track my macros. That is um, right. And so let's talk a little bit about why um, we switched from maybe having a diet and being extremely knowledgeable about what macros we're eating uh, to now where we um, are no longer doing those habits. Yeah, so the reason why I stopped tracking my macros and micros first of all tracking your micros is very hard it's like the minerals and the vitamins that you're getting in and it's just like super hard to know how much you need or like just to keep up with it but the main reason is I just stopped tracking my calories is because like it made me super food focused Mm -hmm. and I don't want to develop the stigma of like I said before food is a negative reward it's just fuel And the thing is, when I started, like, tracking my calories, it just made me really think, like, okay, like, when's my next meal? Or, I'm not hungry, but I can eat 500 more calories. Oh, but, like, this calories, 500 calories of cake is the same thing as, like, chicken. So, like, I was very, like, food-focused, and that's the only thing that I had going on in my mind. And I wasn't present in day-to-day life. It was just very, like, food, food, food. So, I don't want to develop that relationship with food. I want to develop a healthy relationship with food and also can like maintain those healthy habits on my day-to-day lifestyle. So what made you stop tracking your calories? Yeah, so I believe uh, your kind of like relationship with, uh, let's say, uh, macro apps uh, is very relatable and it's quite similar to why I've also stopped tracking my macros. First of all, it's because I was very uh, numbers-driven And so if I ate a piece of gum, I'd log that, which is kind of silly. So those can be sometimes the cons of tracking macros. But let's also talk about why it is so heavily enforced when it comes to looking at eating habits and eating styles. So if you don't know what a portion size of, let's say, even something healthy like corn or broccoli or sweet potato, it's really um, a good tool at mm-hmm. the beginning I to agree. learn what portion sizes are and like what is a complex carb and what is a lean protein because if you don't have such an in-depth um, history that we have with fitness and health mm-hmm. I believe it's a great tool um, however I don't think it's a lifestyle tool I agree um, I think you should be on it for a little bit to kind of know uh, what a portion size is what nutrition value something has and then learn to back off from it, like take a step back um, and start to use um, something that I like to use in my diet of uh, intuitive eating. So that's the lifestyle and the choice that I have switched into. Um, and we can talk a bit more about plasticity when it comes to diets. Um, but I am currently an intuitive eater, um, maybe a little bit too intuitive with junk food. Uh, but how about you, Rebecca? What type of lifestyles, um, eating styles are you doing right now? Yeah, bouncing off your, you know, your intuitive eating, I would say that intuitive eating, like you said, is just hunger cues. Like when you're hungry, you'll eat. When you're not, you don't really focus on, or I don't really focus on what time of the day I need to eat or what, how much I need to eat. I just eat what my body tells me to eat. And like I said, I do intuitive eating. I know there's a whole bunch of other diets like OMAD, one meal a day, or if it fits your macros. Or high fat, um, high protein, low carb, which is known as 
the keto diet, but that's another podcast that we can talk about. And I was just think that knowing your per- like your your point of view, what diet do you think is the best out there, or do you even believe in quote unquote diets? Yeah, so that's that's a great question because um, I could see a lot of people like it, googling, YouTubing, mm-hmm. asking their uh, doctors, hopefully maybe their friends, um, what diets they're using, or maybe some influencers on the internet. Um, I don't believe there is a right or wrong diet, the best or worst diet for anyone. I believe that uh, you should maybe explore kind of the diets that make you feel the best. Um, and kind of kind of do you boo, um, as the cool kids are saying these days. Um, and it's okay if your diets change over time. And I think the more flexible, the more plastic we can be with them, the better they are. How about you, Rebecca? Do you yeah, think, I totally uh, agree. So if yeah. I had a future client who came into me and she's all like, I need some help with my food. Here's the thing. Diets, they're not like, it's not like one size fits all. Each diet is mm-hmm. like, each person is a lot different than one specific diet. And so what, what I would tell them is, okay, look, like start off, do you know the portion sizes of food or what type of vegetables do you eat or proteins or like healthy whole foods do you eat? Then I will look at their body and then go from there. I won't necessarily tell them, yeah, you need to eat one meal a day because what if like you're an athlete who works out all the time or what if like you're a nurse who's on their feet or a desk person? One diet's not going to fit them. So I totally agree. Intuitive eating, I think personally is the best style, but I think it needs a little bit of, like, effort in the beginning as telling them, like, what a portion size is, how much calories, like, you need to maintain. And once they know that, which maybe, like, track your calories for, like, maybe a week or three days so they have, like, an idea. And then just really listen to your body because your body is your number one tool. Like, your best friend is going to tell you, like, what you need and what you don't need. If you, like, really listen to it and get in cue with your cues of your body, I think, like you should be good. And so I don't necessarily believe in diet as in what I need to restrict or not restrict in my daily day, like eating patterns. Oh, no. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think we're on the same page here. Um, but also it was a it's been a journey with uh, this sort of eating style. Um, so I completely understand. And who knows, we might change or our lifestyles might change. We might start a new job where we might have different eating habits and different styles. Uh, so I have another question to, uh, for you that I'm a little curious about. So um, we are not athletes, uh, though we like to do intense workouts here and there. So if you were talking to an athlete, would you recommend intuitive eating or would you recommend macro counting with the goal in mind of hypertrophy of muscle? Oh, that is such a great question. Thank you, Sam, for asking me that. So if you have, let's say, the football players at the University of Georgia, they are doing two days or waking up in the morning, strength training, then doing practice and also going to the full day of school. But here's the thing. Intuitive eating means like it goes along with your hunger cues. If you are burning more calories, doing more work, your body asks for more food. And so I think that you should take your resting maintenance calories And if you burn, like, a lot more calories or if you do more exercise, I think you should up everything by 20%. Super easy. So you're asking me, Becca, like, what 20%? Like, what does that mean? So instead of, like, okay, I like supplements 
to supplement your diet, but you can also get all of that through your food. But it might be really hard to down like two rotisserie chickens. So a scoop of protein powder is great. Like muscle hypertrophy means over time you're building muscle mass. What's muscles? Amino acids. They're all aka protein. And so you're going to find that in your protein powder. If the athlete is very like weird on eating like chicken, what if they're vegan? You can, you know, pea protein or like rice protein mm-hmm. or a lot of like tofu. So I think that and just increase it by 20% and go from there. Each person what's going to do bad about it? You know what I'm saying? Like their carbs, you need healthy carbs to replace your glycogen storage. I necessarily won't say, yeah, you need to be on a diet for like, you need to fit into like a size extra small when you're actually, you know what, body positivity. You know what I'm saying? So I think that maybe just increase everything by 20% and tweak it from there. Your body's going to tell you what you need more of. Listen to that. And I think you're good. That sounds really good, Becca. And we keep talking about like um, intuitive and how our bodies feel and listening to our bodies. Um, But it is a working process. It's not something that you'll just naturally wake up and be like, I know what I want to eat today. Um, So with that being said, I would like to talk to a little bit about how our perception of food has changed um, just kind of throughout our personal journey of food healthy living, um, those sort of things. So how about you start us off with uh, how you used to think of food, how you currently think of food, and how you would like to think of food a little better in the future. Yeah, okay, thanks, Sam. So when I was younger, I grew up around a lot of ice skaters. Like my sister, she's a professional ice skater. And I don't know if you know that, but ice skating, they're very, like, very thin people. So when I was younger, my view of food was, like, food was kind of scary to me. Like, food is going to make you so you don't win the gold medal. Fast forward to middle school, I found lacrosse. Lacrosse is so different. It's like weight training and eating a lot of carbs and a lot of protein, you know. And then fast forward to high school where I did volleyball and lacrosse. And it's like, what? Like, two different sports. Like, what do I do? And now that I'm in college, the stigma of Okay, the body positivity movement has gone around, but now I just, like, do hit versus, like, weight training. And mm-hmm. I, okay, so I have a better view of food now ever since I started dietetics because it's helped, honestly, they help me view food as just fuel for my body. And I eat a lot healthier now. When I was my freshman year of college, I was in a major nursing, which I, shout out to all the nurses, but I couldn't be a nurse. And so I was very kind of sad. And so the only thing that I can control in my life was eating. And it was so crazy. I would wake up at the crack ass of dawn, excuse my language, at 532 cycle. And the thing was, I was on a cut. And that means where you like restrict your calories, more than 500 calories, you know. And I would eat like Caesar salad with like chicken and like, you know, green beans and tofu. And I would barely eat any calories because I thought that I needed to be a size zero. But in reality, I wasn't, I didn't love myself. So I was treating myself bad. And now that I just, you know, like I'm a boss SB and I'm in UGA, I just like love myself and like confidence, building confidence. Whoever thought that eating and like food can like help you with like confidence so now I view food as feel for my body I don't calorie track I don't you know like if I want a cookie 
I'll have a cookie. You know, I follow the 80%, 20%, 100% of the time. And if I do some HIIT workouts, I'll have some pasta. Or, but if I, you know, take a rest day, I'll, like, eat some salads and more vegetables and more protein. So, I just view food as, like, fuel. Nothing, you know, nothing that. Saying, like, what are your views in food now that, you know, you've heard mine? And now that we're sisters, yeah. like, can, are they different? Yeah, no, yeah, great. So, that's awesome, Becca. Thank you for sharing your story and your journey uh, through how we perceive food. Uh, first of all, I'd like to shout out all of our central workers right now. You guys are killing the game, and yeah, we really you. do respect you guys. So thank you very much. Um, i also like to point out that um, being an ex-figure skater, uh, the reason why you try to keep yourself uh, very lean is uh, just basically maintenance for your body. The larger you are, the harder it is on your joints and your backs. Um, and I had a lot of injuries towards the end because uh, I was never the smallest skater, but never the largest. So it was always hard for me, hard uh, relationship with food at the beginning. Um, and it's just been a journey. And I did use a lot of the, uh, like, say, macro apps to help me out and really shift my view of this is a bad food into this will help me with something like potassium that I need or to replenish my glycogen storages after a very hard hit workout that we are currently doing together on Zoom every day, or four times, four times a week, not every day, four times a week. Um, but um, yeah, so my food um, views have changed, and they probably will keep changing. So where they were before was a harsher relationship between food, body, and self-worth, where they are now is um, finding a balance between intuitive eating and eating mindlessly, which is really hard. Um, and how I would like to see my diet change or my views of food change is uh, hopefully healthier. <laughs> we'll see. When we come out of quarantine, I think that'll be a good test of uh, can we regulate our diets again with uh, actually going out into the yeah. world. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> and I have one more question before we wrap up this podcast. Yeah, so like I said in the beginning, we talk about relationships. I know that you've been in a steady, awesome, great, positive relationship for around two years, and I'm single. So let me have your viewpoint on, do you think your eating patterns do get affected from having a significant other around you? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I believe, though, that everyone you meet will influence you in some sort of way, um, either in your career or in your personal relationships. Um, So, yeah, having a significant other. Um, is I believe more positive because I no longer could hold on to my orthorexic eating habits of really just how many calories this dish should I track my almond that I just ate into something that's more loving like cooking dinner every night having dinner cooked for you going out when we used to um, and sharing an experience so food has shifted in a positive view uh, for me because of the people I surround myself with. Yeah, and same here. Being single doesn't mean I don't have other relationships outside of, you know, like love interests. My friends, we all have the same, you know, like like interests and in dealing with food and everything. So yeah, I definitely agree. Having like positive relationships do make you feel happy and also involves the food. So thank you for being on my podcast. And that's gonna wrap up our first official ever episode with Better with Becky and Sammy, um, this has been fun. It's a new experience. How weird is it, Rebecca, to talk uh, just openly to right now it's our computer? <laughs> I know. It's, 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 it's different.
you know, I, I make YouTube videos on YouTube for Becky Arfet, and it's just a lot different, you know, the, the st talking style. But thank you. So today we cover topics of different eating styles, plasticity of diets, how our diets change over time, fitness goals, coping mechanisms of stress, and how our perceptions of food have changed and current eating habits and also some relationships. Make sure you like and subscribe and let us know what other topics you love to talk about us. So this podcast, you can view it on YouTube, Becky R. Fit, and you can also view it on Spotify. So thank you guys. Make sure you tune in to the next week's episode with Better with Becky and Sammy. Bye, guys. All right, thank bye. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.